What does a retailer really need to do to compete with online retailers? Welcome to Tell Me Something Good About Retail, the podcast of The Retail Doctor, and I'm your host, Bob Fibbs, also The Retail Doctor. My guest this week is myself. That's right. I did a live video a week ago, and I think it pretty much summed up how I approach retail while answering followers' questions. No one but me on this podcast, so let me share my worldview right now. I uh, just sent out my newsletter tonight on uh, the epidemic right now of people who are trying to cover their store with too few employees. And I had a consultation with a woman uh, when I was at a keynote in Portland recently, and uh, she was asking me how to grow her sales, and she's in a great location, and she's doing well, and her accountant said, oh, you know, you're making too much money as an LLC. You need to switch over and become incorporated. And I said, oh, well, you know, that's time to give your employees raise. And she's like, oh, it's just me. And I just sat there like, it's just you. It's just you. Just you. Uh, one person trying to man a store. I think that's nuts. And if you're making too much money, just imagine what you would make if you just had proper coverage. And I'm seeing this in big and small stores too. So an awful lot of people are trying to keep this as cheap as possible. And I'm here to tell you, whatever your your employees, let's say it's 15 an hour, if they can't make triple that in an hour for you, then you probably shouldn't be uh, hiring anyway. But most people can. And I don't know how you get around labor laws because most labor laws are six hours, somebody needs to be on the floor and they get a 10 minute break where they're relieved of all duty and a half hour break or they can skip the break occasionally and go home if both parties to agree. But that's a big deal. So certainly check your state labor laws, but more importantly, just think about it. A person walks into your store and the employee hopefully helps them instead of saying, I can help you find something and hang out behind the counter like a drone, right? A clone, not a drone, a drone would be flying over. And, uh, and they're saying, uh, oh, I can help you with this. And then another person walks in. Oh, maybe they can balance two people. Okay, now you've got three people who've walked in, and maybe it's a couple. And they have the first guy has questions about something. Maybe it's a special order or wants to know if we ship or, you know, you had an offer on your website or your competitor did. How are you going to deal with that? And, um, and suddenly you've lost them. And ultimately, that was easily fixed because you need to staff for the rush, not for when it's dead. So I get it. You might be dead nine to one. That doesn't mean you schedule one person only because if that person has to go to the bathroom or do anything, the store closes. And if it doesn't close and you just say, oh, well, people will wait. They won't know. Trust me, that's how thieves case joints, unless you're just carrying garbage that nobody wants to steal. So I hope that's not you. So that's my message today. If you're on the newsletter, you would have gotten that whole article about uh, are you limiting your retail sales by that. So I hope that resonates with enough of you out there. And if you want to try to justify that, you feel free to type it in comments and tell me. So there you go. Heidi West, a fabulous entrepreneur, is on my podcast this week. And she is quite successful and her sales are up. And she's been using SalesRx for a long time and ultimately understands that, you know what? It's a job. It's a living. It's entrepreneurship. She loves it. And I hope that's the same for you. Because if you're hating life right now, man, you know, in two, two or three weeks when traffic picks up, you're just going to be miserable and you'll probably share that with everybody and they'll walk around in your community, bah, humbug, and they'll all say, why do I feel so rotten? And they'll say, oh, I went into that person's store and I just felt awful. So there you go. I just watched uh, Apple TV just came out with a new series called um, For All Mankind and it's one of these alt reality shows 
and it takes the idea that what if the Russians landed on the moon first? And it starts off with that, and then the Americans have to catch up, and they're behind the ball. And I watched it, and I just found myself feeling worse because, you know what? I grew up as a baby boomer, and I remember what it felt like every Life magazine that came as a little boy watching how we were going through, and we were going to the moon, and all the preparations, and the astronauts were heroes, and things happened, but we were full of hope we could do it. Both Republicans and Democrats came together to say we're going to fund NASA, and it was a great time. And to then see somebody propose this idea that it wasn't, it just felt like you're not honoring the reality of what it took to make a nation hopeful. We didn't have that much to hold on to in the 60s, if you remember. Why is he ranting about this? Because that's not much different than the way it is for us right now. There's not much for most of us to be hopeful around in the world. News, figure it out. Whatever it is, your potential, whether you're left or right, at the end of the day, most people aren't feeling hopeful. And you know what retail exists to do is sell hope. The girl who lost 50 pounds who walks in today, unless you know her story, you're not going to get the sale. The dad who just got a divorce and lost his kids and he's trying to find a new life. The woman who moved to a near area because she wanted to be near her sister. The kids that are taking care of their parents. There's a million stories out there that people are waiting for you to bring hope to. But some of us, I think, expect the hope to come to us first and then we'll give it back. That's kind of like, hey, oven, I'll give you wood once you give me heat. It's like, no, dude, you have to give the wood first. So my other little rant for you today is please make sure that you are, fully, uh, are finding a way to find hope when you walk in that door every single time when you approach a customer. If you don't feel it, then get the hell off the sales floor and get someone else who does. So let's find out what else we've got here uh, in our questions. Susan says, how do you know if a prospect is a good hire? What do you look for in interviews and on a resume? Well, I have a whole uh, actual course in sales or actually about eight lessons about exactly how you go through and uh, come up with the uh, listing and what you look for and how you review them and then how you have the interview and then you have a dry run and then you onboard them. Uh, quite quick, quite quickly, uh, you don't know a prospect is a good hire, honestly, until they're on your floor at least a week. So I always say a new hire is like a, a coin toss. Yeah, you can limit it. Yeah, you can try a lot of things. Oh, we'll have our employees interview them. I hate that idea. Don't ever do that. Um, do your due diligence. See if they've got a heartbeat. They've got hope. I don't care if they worked in your industry before. If they worked in retail in general, that could be a plus. But uh, make sure that then you start off the day and you're going to hold them accountable for what's supposed to happen. Come in on time. Do what I say. Don't ask questions. If I show you once, I don't want to have to repeat myself. All those. And be willing to cut them out quickly. That's the difference. You don't, in that interview, I think what you're looking for is, is this someone that is trainable? Is this someone who enjoys meeting other people? And if that's the case, then for God's sake, don't give them one person coverage because that's the other problem with one person coverage. When there's too few people in the store, they just looked out at their phone because there's nothing to do and you hired them to talk to people. If you don't want them to talk to people, then don't hire people that like other people. And then they'll be fine working one person in your store because they won't have to need a spirit of camaraderie. They won't have to want to feel good about it. They'll like being alone, like a little hamster in a cage. But most people in retail don't like that. Have I said enough about one-person coverage? I'm not sure. Let me think about that. All I care about are you living up to your potential. If you are, then I want to be your number one fan. But if you aren't, I'm the guy that's going to kick you in your butt and say, this is, your, this is on your watch. You fix it. And I'm the grandfather. I am not the one that's fixed it. You're the hero of this story. I'm just the one that comes and gives you the message. Kind of like Yoda, except they don't know how to say the 
words backwards like that. All right, so there you go. Back to Laura. I'm opening a new retail nursery in the spring. I'm thinking since I can't carry it all because the location is very small, I should focus on two types of gardens that will be engaging and popular. Do you think it's a wise approach? Do you think I should be more test market and not announce a specific focus? That's an interesting question, Laura. Your whole point is you want to have a point of view and you want to curate down so that you have the best uh, possible that doesn't require anyone to think of. Too many, uh, I think too many retailers go through and just bring in another line because, oh, we'll bring in another line and we'll be able to sell it. No, you haven't figured out how to sell it to begin with. And in nursery, I could tell you, uh, I am a gardener with now big fences. Hopefully the deer will not eat everything I planted this fall. But um, at the end of the day, I want you to show me the complete picture. So if you're going to have perennials, then show how the annuals go with it and you have the potting soil and that's what's suggested to everybody and you make a big push that we're going to have the complete solution to whatever garden you do. And I would agree. I don't think I would announce that as your focus because if you do fairy gardens and, I don't know, perennials, um, you're assuming I, I know what a fairy garden is or a perennial and I may not. So I go, well, I don't feel stupid. I'll go to Home Depot or Lowe's. Ow, that doesn't feel good. I know, but that's the reality. Uh, Daniel Cervetto, I need to get my boss to bring you in. You do, Daniel, but it's not free. It's, it's a lot of money. So just make sure that you... Um, understand that the reason they cost a lot of money is because someone writes that check they suddenly have leverage on themselves like holy crap i paid all that money i guess we should do something with it it's like exactly because otherwise it's a nice to know not a i have to know this we'll explore more in just a bit but first a quick word about field agent our sponsor Field Agent is an on-demand platform that furnishes businesses with in-store information, shopper insights, and services to drive product sales all through the Field Agent mobile app, featuring a panel of over 1.5 million shoppers. In a matter of hours, you can get photos and data from stores everywhere. If you need in-store visibility and you need it fast, Field Agent is the solution for you. Visit www.fieldagent.net slash retail doctor for exclusive content. Now let's get back to it. Jules, there's a perception in our little town from a lot of locals that the shops downtown are all overpriced and only for tourists. Uh, I would challenge that. I would love to uh, see what your proof of that is. Anyway, they'll drive 40 to 60 minutes away to buy a birthday gift before they'll come in one of our stores. I'd love for you to tag everyone that's done that because I think you are um, focusing on the wrong thing. Sorry. I've done several Facebook posts with a gift and a card under $20 as have other businesses. For people who haven't paid attention, suddenly $12.95 for a mug sounds overpriced to them. Whenever possible, we remind people that we're not just for tourists. We contribute to all the local causes. Any ideas or suggestions short of hitting them over the head and dragging them in? Uh, yeah, that's – Jules, I'm sorry, but I am never thinking that you know what a shopper who doesn't buy from you knows. So why don't you just understand that you haven't figured it out yet. Shaming people isn't saying you need to hire buy us local because we're local and then saying getting mad at people for driving 60 miles outside sounds to me like there's nothing in somebody's store that sounds new and different so i would go all the way down to the studs and i would change your entire store starting in january and i would change the entire configuration i'd put in double the lights and i'd repaint i'd repurpose i'd remarket and i would take all of that on me instead of those damn customers because ultimately, I could do the same thing and say, oh, I, I, why am I not getting enough speeches? Uh, well, ultimately, then I probably have to get back in front of people's faces more. By the way, I'm doing my best, uh, my best year in my 25th year here right now. And I think part of it is from just understanding that this Facebook Live is not a direct measure to people who will hire me. 
but it does seed people enough places around the world who see it or who mention it that say, hey, this guy is different. This guy is the bomb. You can add in whatever superlatives you want to do in your comments. That's great. All right. So I need some more love. Need some more thanks. Uh, only about uh, five more questions. Sam, what can we do to get people in our story during the Packers games before the holidays? They all start at noon. Sam, I've answered this before. Why do you guys beat yourselves up and say no one comes in your store when there's a football game, a basketball game, whatever it is? If that's really the case, then close the damn store and stay open late on Thursdays and Fridays or times other people are there. But bemoaning it and saying, oh, we don't have every day, every Sunday is going to be a different day for the girls or the guys. You're going to say we're having champagne, uh, you know, an anti-football for all the girls. We're going to have a champagne book club or we're going to do something out of this way. And you get all your girlfriends together. You get all your friends in the downtown area and you say, what would really be a fun thing for us to do? And then don't do it again for a year. Do one and then move on. All right, so I hope that helps. But frankly, so many of you think that you could just pull people in by price and promotion, and that just doesn't work. When I first started working in a uh, – my first client was a hotel in Newport Beach, and the owner was saying, we need to get people in here Sunday through Thursday. And I was like, no, that's not what the end. We're going to double the rates on the weekends when people really want to come here, and that's what we're going to market and get until the highest part that we don't have to worry about Sunday through Thursday. They'll take care of themselves. And ultimately, that was the uh, decision that made all the difference in that little uh, – uh, Hotel actually is the number one in Orange, all of Orange County, uh, Southern California, and has been for the last 10, 15 years on TripAdvisor. Out of 350, we're talking luxury properties called the Bayshore Peninsula Hotel, if you want to look at it. And you'll see that people rave about it because they get a feeling, just like we're talking about here every darn time. Text, I have 2000 to spend on marketing in the next six months. Where should I spend it? I have 12 employees in Texas. Are you kidding me? So... You're going to spend. You're asking me to spend two thousand dollars in marketing. Like the idea is, you're just going to get these people to come in. You're going to take out an ad or a bulletin board or something, and you're going to throw the money in the air and hope to God that somebody sees it on that right moment, on that right time, that they might come into your store and then put down their phone or drive past competitors to see you because they saw it. I think that's crazy. I don't get why so many of you just don't get it. If you don't train your crew. What the hell are you in business for? It's kind of like saying, I'm going to hire a bunch of uh, guys who like football. I'll pay for the stadium, and then I'll have them show up and see how we do on a game without any training. Well, why are they going that way? Well, I don't know. That's what I thought we were. Are we the red guys or are we the green guys? Uh, well, we don't have uniforms. I don't know. And then you get upset because you say, oh, well, if we just sold more tickets, and like, dude, the whole problem is they don't know how to play the game, which is the same thing for most of you. You don't know how to play the game and neither your crew. So you settle for crumbs instead of the whole, uh, uh, the whole feast. And so I would say to you, Tex, for two grand, dude, you could sign up for SalesRx for a year and 84% of our users report a double digit increase within six months. Yours may vary, but then you touch every single sale instead of hoping that this one time the mailer comes in, the one time somebody gets it, they're going to actually be motivated. If you're going to do marketing, then you do a consistent thing to always remind your, your customers that you're around. If that's a mailing once a month, if that's a newsletter, or emailed, if that's a Facebook video, you do regular things like that. But it is not the thing that's going to make you money. The thing that makes you money is concentrate only on two things. Conversions. How many lookers came in? How much did they buy? And then add-ons. Somebody came in for one. How many items went out the door? They went out with three. Great. You do that consistently. That's how you become an exceptional business. 
and ultimately the linchpin in your community that forms those gossamer link, links between people that actually makes people like each other and builds community. And because so many retailers don't do that right now, we are in the polarization that I think we are. All right, so there you go. A little mini rant for some of you out there. Cynthia, I like this, this evening session so much better. It's because I've been traveling all day. I've been up since 2 a.m. and it's now 3, uh, 3 here in Vegas. Maybe that's it. All right. PJ, what are some recommendations for increasing average rate of return customers? I've increased my new customer base by three times, but the returning customer rate each month seems to stay the same. PJ, I have no idea where you would even get that from. And there's only three pegs in the, you either get people to come back more often. When they're there, you get them to buy more. They tell their friends. That's the three that really matter. So um, I, I think you have to, again, I haven't seen you on SalesRx, so I would say that I would always start with that. And then I would work backwards and say, how much are you really using a CRM to understand who those people are? Not you have a little loyalty card, which we're going to get here in a minute. Tammy, I have a plan to retire in three years by either selling my store or closing it. Well, I appreciate that. That's good to say. My question is, what do I need to do to get it ready for either of these options and how to do it? I don't think it would be easy to sell, but I have no clue how to go about it. If I have to close, do you have suggestions? So the number one thing, if you're going to sell the business now, is go to your accountant, and there's a way to structure all your expenses so that your balance sheet looks healthier. Those of you who bought existing businesses, you know that people can finagle those around a little bit, but the reality is you've got to show a profit. Nobody's going to buy a business that's not profitable, and no one's going to buy a business who, who sees it as a job. They want to be an entrepreneur, learn the system, and then grow it. So those are that, and I don't ever talk about how to close a store because I'm way too hopeful for that. So uh, I have way too many clients who are out there every day trying to figure it out with their employees, trying to go through and motivate them to realize the whole goal of management is to motivate the sales force. Sales force then motivates the customers to increase sales. Top fan John says, we have a loyalty program that's a punch card has been in place since 2003. I've talked about these before. I'm not a fan because they can be easily altered. A one punch for every 20 spent after 10, it becomes a $20 gift card. We feel that while it's been very effective, we need to update the program leaning toward an early release of product, special events, other ways they can accumulate points to redeem toward product. Um, yeah, you can try all that. I just think the amount of work you're putting on that, John, is oftentimes a distraction from what you really have to do, which is build the number of items going out the door and then hold on to those people. But the idea that they're shopping with you because they're going to get the little punch, I don't think that's the customer's going to make your money because invariably you probably have an open policy so that people who buy stuff on sale get punches as well as people who buy the full merch, which means now you're doubly discounting. So I'm not a fan of that, but there you go. If you're just joining me, please make sure you type in where you're joining me from and uh, let me know you like it and give me some thumbs up because I exist to do this just for you on, uh, on Sundays. Uh, looks like I have a couple more. Top fan, Victoria, is the collaboration of a pop-up shop within another business a good business model? We have a ladies' consignment shop hosting other vendors once a month, ladies' night. That's not a pop-up shop. A pop-up shop is a six-week trial in a different location. So you'd open a store in a mall, for four months, for four weeks, let's say, see how it goes, and then you would know that that worked well. But uh, pop-up shops are designed as not, that's just basically having a trunk show, I would think. So I hope that helps. Uh, Heather says, there's some kind of a mobile truck. I've been asked if we want to host a truck. So the same idea, if you want to host a truck, you're basically saying, I will let you bring all of the people to cut my customers to come buy from you. You tell me, does that sound like a smart thing to do? I'm not a fan of that. Top fans, Aaliyah, what's the best way to advertise? Do we need websites anymore? Is a Facebook page good enough? What about Yelp and Google Reviews? That's way too many questions. So, uh, yes, I think you do need a website. The reason you want a website is because it's your 
portal that has all the information about your business and you own it. So people coming onto it, you can take the information, you can put cookies on it, all sorts of other things. If you just have a page on Facebook, they own the data and they're really Facebook's customers that you happen to be sharing. So I am never a fan of that. I certainly have people that follow me on Facebook and on LinkedIn, et cetera. But my main focus is always my website. And there's a lot to know about it. So without going too far about it, yes, I think you definitely knew it. Last week, I talked to you about making sure you have that lock in the corner like you see up here where Facebook is. If you don't have that, you have an unsecure site, which means Google is going to penalize you. All right. Alyssa, I'm wondering about social media. We have a different following on Facebook, but we're trying to grow our following on Instagram. About to get my marketing campaign going, switching to mainly Instagram, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You know, uh, I think the one thing I would say is, Alyssa, you know, nobody knows how social media is working right now. Everybody loves to dish Facebook. It's for old people, and politics has killed it, and I know that's true, but something like 2 billion people still check it regularly. Uh, Instagram certainly has a following. I think that, uh, you know, if you're going to look at that for beauty and for apparel, uh, don't skip Pinterest. Pinterest has got new items that uh, new ways you can actually have a, a website or an ad that looks pretty much just like a pin pinned board and people can shop from it. To me, that's going to be the future. So if you're going to use that for Instagram, that's great. I don't give a damn how many followers I have, although I would like to have 20,000 by the end of the year. But uh, I think I have uh, half a million on LinkedIn. What I care about is do they find value in what I have to say? Are they talking about me to their friends and family? And when people learn of me, are they going to follow me to find retaildoc.com? And that's, that's what it's about. So I hope that uh, this is a little bit long one, but I hope that you get the ideas. One, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm tired of the excuses why you're not successful, that it's all the people, don't un they don't understand you. They understand you perfectly. It's up to you to change what their understanding is. I'm tired of you saying, oh, we don't need enough, enough uh, any more employees. We can handle it. No, you can't, because if you get busy, which you should get, then you can't wait on those people, and people don't want to wait. They will walk out without telling you, like, by the way, I didn't shop here today because you didn't have enough coverage. They just turn around and leave. And then finally is to realize that if you're going to be looking at ways to spend your time and money, all that matters is, for God's sake, learn how to sell the damn products. It's easy to go to a show and take out your wallet and say, I'll take six of these and a dozen of those. And isn't this cute? And I think it's so fun because you like it. I don't give a damn if you like your merchandise. All I care about is, do you know how to sell it? And if you don't, then I'm the guy to help you because anyone else is going to say pablum when it's hard work to learn how to build rapport, to become a trusted advisor that someone's willing to say instead of I'll think about it, I'll take it, and they'll share it with their friends because you added on one more thing that made them go, holy crap, that was an amazing experience. I've got to go back. Anything less is whining. Let's please stop the whining. Next week, I want positive ideas out there, things that say, how can I, instead of somebody else's fault? Fair enough, rant over, but remember, we're about as happy as we make our minds up to be. You have a choice on anything. Does it suck to be you and you want to tell everyone or whatever is going through, are you willing to take that and say, that's going to motivate me to do even better? That's the guy I want to be for you. With that, Bob Fibbs, the retail doc, out from the Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas. Thanks again for joining me as I interview myself today. One thing I want to be sure you caught is we're about as happy as we make ourselves up to be. You have a choice muscle to either look at something hopeful or fearful and make sure you choose hope. There's no money in fear. Your customers need to feel your hope. 
Now, on the next episode of Tell Me Something Good About Retail, I'll speak with Ashley Merrill, the CEO of Lunia, and how she took an idea for having an upscale women's sleepwear brand and made it into a luxury brand with stores on both coasts. You won't want to miss it. I'm Bob Fibbs, the Retail Doctor. Thanks again for listening. Tell Me Something Good About Retail is the podcast of the Retail Doctor. Visit RetailDoc.com to learn what makes Bob Fibbs the authority on brick-and-mortar retail across the world who works with some of the biggest brands all the way down to the smallest mom and pops. As a listener of the Tell Me Something Good About Retail podcast, you can receive free information and guides when you visit RetailDoc.com and sign up for our exclusive weekly newsletter. For more information to access the complete archives of past retail goodness and to see about Bob speaking to your audience, please visit RetailDoc.com.